never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Most of the intelligence community doesn't believe he exists. The ones that do call him the Winter Soldier. I'm Batman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that has been through the zero point. And now we find ourselves searching for the seven. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother, Peter. Here. Hey, man. How has your week been? Um, Insanely busy, honestly. <laughs> cool. All right. But, um, but otherwise, it's been good. Um, yeah, it's just one of those. I don't know. It's like I feel like it's like the holidays are beginning. And it's just that time of year where there's like a ton of stuff going on. And uh yeah, life's been a little bit crazy, but uh, I don't really have any complaints, so that's <laughs> so that's good. But uh, how about okay. you? Um, busy. Yeah, busy. I guess that's the best <laughs> way of putting it. Um, I am. We're recording a little early this week, so Andor has not dropped for the week, and She-Hulk has not dropped for the week yet. But I am current on those up until this week. So today is Tuesday, October fourth. If you understand what I mean. Andor drops on Wednesday. She-Hulk drops on Thursday. Oh, well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of I'm kind of just current on everything at the moment. So nice. Um, I'm actually behind on most stuff, <laughs> which is why hence uh, the busyness I was talking about. So that's unfortunate, but it's one of those things. It's episodic TV. Drew, if you have to review one of the shows that you just mentioned that I'm behind on, that's okay. Like, if you want to spoil something, I understand. Um, I've just had a really busy week, and I haven't been able to uh, catch up on Andor and She-Hulk. But I did make sure I watched uh, Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. <laughs> but I think that's just because that is, like, my favorite show at the moment. It's the show that I think I'm just not going to miss at all. Like, I watch it as soon as it's available to watch. So, um, And I'm loving that show, of course. Um, I don't know if you want to get in any deeper on this episode, though, later yeah. on. Um, well, what I was going to say, since you're this is the only show you watched, I'll leave some quick reviews um, oh, cool. that'll be spoiler free. It's just initial thoughts and we can deep dive later. What's interesting about doing we're not devoting a show to TV reviews. We're doing like quick stuff because it's like <laughs> things we're watching, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, if we wanted to, I mean, technically we could probably do a deep dive and like really sink into an episode, but I kind of like the quick reviews because it keeps things moving along and ultimately at the end we'll be reviewing a whole show. So um, quick review. She-Hulk um, continues to be fun. Um, some of the mystery behind. Uh... Why are you laughing? No, you just reminded me of something, but it's a dumb tangent. I don't know. For some reason, the way you phrased it reminded me of one. uh there's the episode of Friends where uh, Ross is dating. I can't remember the girl he's dating, but he's like trying to I think he's trying to like slow down their relationship. <laughs> and he like he's like digging himself in a hole because he oh. 
mentioned that like she seems a little young for him or something and that he doesn't want something serious but he's like trying oh, to like he's no. trying to make the best of <laughs> okay you're well talking, keep going you're talking about the when he's trying to like commit to mona but oh no that's it yeah but he doesn't want to commit too deep because he's having the baby with rachel and he doesn't really know how he feels but she wants, <laughs> exactly. but she wants some kind of an explanation and he's like <laughs> so to sum up we're having fun <laughs> Yeah, he's like, we're having fun. You look young. <laughs> he's just like, draws, draws a blank what to say next. So right. for whatever reason, what you said reminded me of that. So sorry. <laughs> That's all good. So um, She-Hulk continues to be fun. Um, the You get to see some more Abomination. You get to see some more super-powered characters. I'm still waiting on Daredevil. You guys are really holding that back, aren't you? Um but there's some more mystery that kind of evolves from, you know, that episode when uh, she got, like, jumped by those guys and they tried to stab yeah. her needle. The mystery of that kind of unfolds a little bit more. So, okay. um, yeah, it's just, like I said, it continues to be fun. So I'm just waiting for the big guns when Daredevil comes on. That's what I'm real excited about right now <laughs> because I'm already sold on the character. You already sold me on She-Hulk. Get to some more meat. Um, so, yeah. Um, nice. Let's see. Andor. Fourth episode, fantastic. Fantastic. Nice. <laughs> I know I whined and moan about those first three because I feel like they could have been any science fiction show I ever watched. And that review still holds true. It's still good. But when you want it, but it, it's, it was, they were good, but they didn't feel like Star Wars. This fourth episode feels like Star Wars. And nice. I was like, that's what I wanted. Here we go. I'm in, you know, and we, yes, we probably had to have Cassian's origin, if you will. You know, we had to we had to see where this guy came from to understand where he's going. And because we all saw Rogue One, technically we know where he's going. But the idea of where's this guy been? So getting that those first three episodes as a backstory, that's cool. It just didn't feel like Star Wars. I don't want to dwell on that too much. But this fourth episode, <laughs> you're like, sweet. We're in. I know what this is. There's actually TIE fighters. You actually see Imperial officers. You you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so um, that's down. awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, so enjoy Andor when you get there. Um, it is it's still a slower paced show. And I think it's because they're doing that James Bond spy thing with Cassian. I think that's the plan. So they're keeping it at a they're keeping it a nice even pace right now. Um, so the action, I think, is just going to slowly build, and then we're going to get some cool stuff. Um, nice. Let's see. Lord of the Rings. Um, did you catch up on that? Are you caught I up? am super behind on Lord of okay. the Rings. That's the one show that I'm like, I'm worried I'm going to fall behind and not be able to catch up <laughs> at this point, unfortunately. I'm going to That's okay. a little bit. That, that's okay. Oh. I've honestly seen some spoilers online already. And I, feel so. like, and I feel like this is a big spoiler to say, but in this current episode, I think you got to see the formation of Mount Doom. Oh, wow. Which I think. Um, and that sounds, and that's awesome. If that's what it is, awesome. Because that's where the rings <laughs> are forged and that kind of stuff. Um, I believe we now have an idea of who, um, that like, have you seen that like half human looking orc walking around? No. <laughs> okay. Like I said, I'm really behind. All right. There's, there's an episode where like there's this orc looking guy that looks like he's half human, maybe half elf. 
orc ish. Okay. Oh, like he's he's clearly more than orc, <laughs> but right. he's definitely something else. Um, not to be confused with Mork from Ark. Not yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you find out you find out what he is. Okay. And it harkens back to um to towers a little bit, which is awesome. Well, not harkens back to like just information we know from like the two towers. Um, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Okay. Um, that's a connection there to Saruman and the uh, Orakai and all that stuff. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, my biggest problem with this show, and this is not a criticism of the show. This is a criticism of behind the scenes crap that we found out before the show started. Um that is making me look at the show through a prism that is yep. really hard to shake. And that's the fact that they, we know the show cost a billion dollars. Yep. So every time I see something that in my brain is a problem, or I have an issue with a story thing or a piece of armor doesn't look right, or a piece of story doesn't make sense. I'm looking at it through the prism of this is a billion dollar show. Um, why are you guys making mistakes? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, and I say that because there is one moment in the most current episode, which I think is episode six, if I have my counting right, where I don't understand how characters got from point A to point B or knew that they had to be at point B. Wow. And I'm like, like stuff's happening over here at point B and the characters over at point A are on their way to a point and then you see them charging into battle to help at point B and I'm like how would you even know where to go <laughs> or how the fa- or did you even know that was going on or what yeah they're not leisurely running they're not leisurely like in travel like oh something's over there we should go help out no they are charging into battle from point A and they have no clue what's going on over at point B but they arrived and it was a cool action sequence but it didn't in my brain make any sense and I rewound a chunk of the episode to try and figure out what I missed um and I can't I can't figure it out so maybe someone can clear me clear it up for me but a lot of the main <laughs> characters are now in the same place Oh, that's um, cool. Which will help the story, I think, because with Game of Thrones, when they bounced around, I didn't have a problem with it because I went in knowing a lot. This show, I know little, but I'm finding the bouncing around to be jarring because I don't know the names the way I feel I should. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. I don't know. Uh, but that's my Lord of the Rings review so far. I'm liking the show, but it's that damn billion dollar prism that keeps floating in front of my eyes every time i watch the show i start nitpicking because i know what the show cost and that's a problem in my opinion um I, almost, I wish i really do wish we never found out so i i don't know i don't know what to say about that um <laughs> but you did but you watched house of the dragon so you tell me what you think and then uh yeah I'll so you, we'll, we'll talk through house of the dragon here for a minute I, I mean, I can say I've already said, like, this is my favorite show on TV right now. I'm loving it. Um, I thought this episode was really great. I think the first scene, I know that I know what they were going for with like it was this kind of like quiet, like almost dialogue free scene that just had like this sort of like 
like quiet music in the background that was like slowly building and there was all these like different tensions because it was everybody gathered together for um for this uh funeral for uh damon's uh wife i can't remember her uh the character's name i'm sure you Uh know it drew but what? I know it's something like an it's something with an L because she yeah, her name I, I, sounds really similar to her a brothers, lot. So but... many characters have similar names. It's yeah, like <laughs> Lana, Lana, okay. Lana. That, yeah, yeah, that sounds okay. right. So they're all gathered together for her funeral, and there's all these sort of interwoven uh, subplots going on where there's different characters who have rivalries or plots against each other and you have this really quiet scene that plays out and i think personally i actually thought that wasn't as effective as i was hoping (laughs) i know that sounds bad but like i felt like it felt a little bit tedious and i i don't know what it was but i almost like felt like that could have been played up a little bit more and then um the scenes following that especially the scene where it's uh damon and uh uh Renera walking on the beach talking to each other there's like this long shot of them both it's like a profile view of both of them walking and as they're saying their lines each of them goes in and out of focus like back and forth and mm-hmm. that shot drove me insane like I was like this is this I feel like my eyes are messing up while watching the shot like I don't think this is like I I understand that it's kind of a creative shot I just didn't think it was as effective as it could have been so kind of the first half of this episode I thought was a little bit subpar but once like the sort of big events start hitting I was sucked in again and by the end of the episode I thought like okay this episode was great and when it comes to the um all the dragon stuff and how that played out as well as all the uh, family rivalries and uh, all that, like everything that played out at the end of the episode, like turned me back around, even though like the way the first half, like literal, like first half of the episode, I wasn't that satisfied with, <laughs> but I think that's one of the things is like this show I think is so good. And the story itself is so good that even when certain things happen in the series that aren't necessarily for you, it still manages to bring you back in, if that makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm still loving it, basically. <laughs> so there's been a lot of complaining online about this episode because of the Rhaenyra and Damon sequence on the beach where it was so dark. Um, okay. We're complaining about being able to see. Um, it was an artistic choice. Um, they're backing the producers and showrunners for making that artistic choice and they have directly said when we edited this episode and did all the filtering on the lenses and all that stuff your phone was not what we were thinking you'd be watching the show on <laughs> um, so I, I definitely didn't watch it on a phone but that well, that's is the thing i watched it on my big, i watched you know? it on my big <laughs> hd tv because i have to see it in the glory that it is the biggest screen possible and my screen and it's great i can see things because I don't watch it on my phone or my computer. I can see things. Um, and that's what they were saying is they edited they they edited the show in an editing room using a specific standard. So, you know, um, my issue is they've been doing this, not Game of Thrones, but TV has been doing this a lot lately where they shoot something in broad daylight and then they filter it so it looks like nighttime and it helps with the detail a little bit. 
But my frustration with this is if you look at the sky, sometimes you can see the sun mm. piercing through the clouds because it's a daytime shot that they're using filters on. Yeah. Um, it's, it drives me nuts sometimes, but it's fine. You're trying to convey that it's at night. That's OK. Or you're trying to convey that it's early morning dusk, which is fine. Or, you know, early, early it's kind stuff, of, you know, that it's that kind of. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. I was going to say it's kind of weird because they actually had the opposite of that issue on the uh, Whedon cut of the Justice League film, um, because there was a lot of like night scenes that Snyder shot that uh, Joss Whedon went back and he changed the uh, the color filtering and everything to make it look like it was daytime. So if you actually pay attention to the background at certain parts of the Whedon cut of the Justice League, there's actually certain things that just don't make sense because the way the sky looks or certain reflections and stuff, it's obviously supposed to be nighttime, but everything's just like brightened up a lot. So it looks day. So that's kind of a weird, like opposite insta- incidence of what you were uh, just talking about. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, what, as you were saying, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it was fine. Um, some of those shots with Damon and Rhaenyra on the beach are things that we saw um, in the original trailers that got released. So mm-hmm. when I started seeing the color palette, I was like, oh, I remember we saw a couple of this in the original teaser. OK, here we go. Mm-hmm. And the other reason I think we saw some of that in the original teaser is because they said that that funeral was the first thing they shot when they started. Yeah. <laughs> which I thought was crazy. So that might lend to some of the the weird tension in the air. And that might have been done by design, if you think about it. That's uh, the um, the like post credits, like uh, behind the scenes look. That's what they made it seem like that. Yeah. That was one of the first things they shot. And it's because they wanted all these family members to feel estranged from each other. They wanted them to feel like they didn't like they hadn't seen each other for a long time and they didn't know how to approach each yeah. other, especially with certain subjects. So that's actually a really cool uh, aspect to that whole thing, you know? Yeah. The, um, okay. So there's that. And then, uh, seeing, um, uh, Eamon. Yeah. Eamon. Seeing mm-hmm. Eamon tame Vagar. Oh, that was awesome. That was, that but was look, sweet. Dude, biggest dragon we have ever seen on screen. The biggest dragon. Like when we were seeing the girl riding it, I don't think we had any clue how big that thing was until Aiden <laughs> got stood next to it. And you're just like, oh my god, this dragon's massive. Awesome, yeah. awesome sequence. Um, there were a total of five dragons in this episode. Um, there's one shot where you see them all on screen at once. I thought it was really cool. Um, it's a quick, so if you blink, you kind of miss it. But they're all on screen mm-hmm. at one shot. Um, the fight with the kids was brutal. But it was such an amazing, like, story moment. You're just like, oh, my God, these kids are assholes. But holy cow. <laughs> like, you know, you're just like, yeah, throw down. Do it. Um, and then uh, the. Yeah. And then um, Allison's bit with Rhaenyra pulling the knife. Like, this whole episode, like, the tension is just going nuts. Damon, by the way, is probably the coolest character on the show. He just sits back, watches, calculates, <laughs> dude. That guy is really paying attention, and no one seems to notice. Um, 
I love it's how cool. nothing seems to phase him either. It's like almost like he's just like sitting there quietly laughing at all the other yeah. characters. And it's like, Tom, it's crazy. Tom collected. You will be mine. One of my times ready to strike. <laughs> um, and I'll say this one final thing about the show. King Viserys needs to die already. Cause he's grossing me out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got leprosy problems and he is like on his deathbed already. He like, He's a good dude. He's a good king, but he's kind of grossing me out. So he needs to die already. <laughs> um, he'll probably die at the end of the season, which will now create that tension of who gets the throne. His first yep. son or his daughter, who he named heir. And that's where the war begins, if you think about it, because they're all waiting for him to die. Um, so that's where the tensions will really cut. Um, but yeah, dude, this is the best show on television right now. So, yeah, but yeah, but relating to that, I just love that his, like his health is kind of the elephant in the room and he is that sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. Like every single episode you keep seeing him and he's like, his health is worsening and he's still just that little, little bit of, uh, whatever little bit of wood that's still holding the dam together before every like all hell breaks loose yeah. and everything goes into chaos and i kind of like that they have that they have him as this like personified bit of tension they're just uh dangling in front of us so that's actually a really funny thing to uh point out there so yeah um, um otherwise yeah that's everything i watched um i'd like to say that i watched more um one of the things <laughs> I am, one of the things i am watching right now because i'm looking for like filler stuff that like most of real TV is irritating me because there's commercials and I refuse to watch commercials anymore. I absolutely can't handle it. Um, I can, I have no problem watching a commercial on YouTube because most of the time you <laughs> skip after a couple seconds. Yeah. So that doesn't bother me, but literally like I can't handle commercials. So it's like, what streaming show out there can I watch? So I'm watching actually the Goldbergs right now. Have you ever watched that show? Uh, not much, but okay. I've seen a couple episodes. Um, I, I recommend this show for anyone who just had a childhood. Um, the show takes place in the eighties. So I feel like it's a little bit of a, that 70s show, but, um, it's, it's really good. It's nine seasons in. I didn't realize how far they were in on that show. Um, but I've been kind of binging it here and there, like watching a handful of episodes and I go do something else and I come back and watch a couple more episodes. Um, it's really, really funny, but like each episode is something from the eighties. Like they had an episode, like a Ferris Bueller episode where, uh, the, his the main guy's older brother was like, I'm going to have a day off. I don't want to go to school today. And literally tries to do everything from the, <laughs> movie, like to the point where it's like, yeah. And he even rigged his bedroom. So when the mom opened the door, it was the fake, the mannequin that would like, yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like they, they did it well. Um, and it's, and how it all falls apart, but then they have the big Ferris Bueller parade moment at the end of it. Like it's, it was really well done. And when you see the homages, you're just like, man, that's, they're just doing the show, right? They're just like, really like hitting those like heartstrings as a kid. Cause you grew up with it. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know? so it's, it's really funny. I'm having a blast with it. Um, and then, uh, at the end of the day, it's, I mean, it's a sitcom, but at the end of the day, it's each episode has this like core family like value kind of moment in it. So it feels like a, a regular just sitcom about a family, you know, mm -hmm. um, but then they have all these really 
it gets really bizarre and over-exaggerated and like crazy stuff happens. And then they have that family moment at the end and you're just like, ah, oh, there you go. There's the heartstrings. And then they move on to the next episode. Nice. Um, the whole show. And if you've watched at least a couple episodes, I know I'm like reviewing a show that's been on for nine years, but um, the whole show, cause Adam Goldberg in real life um, filmed his family. Like he like literally like video camera just filmed everything and made movies as a kid and all that stuff. So what they'll do is you'll see like him sh filming on the show with a video camera. And then at the end of the show, at the end of the episodes, you'll see real footage like, oh, cool. You know, like, hey, this is my dad for real doing this thing. And like the episode will have something crazy happen in the episode and you think it's written for television. And then they'll show you the real footage from when he was a kid. And it's based off of the video. That Jeez. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's nice. It's really clever. So anyway. that's awesome. Anyway, that's kind of like getting my attention right now. So I've been having fun watching that. But that's about it for me watching stuff. So nice. Uh, I did have I did have one other thing I wanted to mention, but I can keep it super short is um, I actually checked out uh, Hocus Pocus, too. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I can say before reviewing this that I've never been that big of a Hocus Pocus fan. And I kind of feel like I'm in the age the group for fan. No, no. <laughs> I'm kind of in the age group where a lot of my peers are like really into Hocus Pocus and growing up, like I thought it was okay, but I never was that into it. I think it's kind of like, I never thought that the three witches from Hocus Pocus were really that cool and stuff, you know, but, sure. uh, with that being said, I thought this was actually a really fun follow up to the first film and they actually did a lot of really clever stuff. Um, there's this one part where, um, because these uh, the witches from Hocus Pocus are basically time traveled, like they're from the 1800s and they've they've been brought to modern day. And uh, there's this point where uh, one of the characters, um, you know, because the witches have to like eat a child's soul or something to become immortal or something. That's kind of like the basic plot. And uh, mm -hmm. this one of the modern day girls like tells the witches like oh, well, we don't do that anymore. We just have uh, lotions and stuff that make us <laughs> immortal and stuff. But the witches think that she says potions instead of lotions. And uh, the girl ends up taking the three witches to Walgreens where they're just like going to town, like eating all these various skin products and stuff like that. And they think that they're like consuming like the blood of children and stuff to gain mortality and shortly or immor immortality. And shortly after that, these other kids walk up to the witches and are like, hey, we love your costume. Can we get a selfie? <laughs> so the witches are like, yeah, sure. So the kids take a selfie with the with the witches and then they show the witches the selfie. But they had like a uh, Instagram filter on everybody to make them look younger. <laughs> So the witches essentially thought that these lotions that they were eating worked. And I don't know, there's like some pretty clever bits in the movie like that. So I kind of appreciated it from that standpoint. But it's one of those things. I'm not a big hocus pocus person, but I did appreciate the cleverness and I thought it was a pretty good follow up. So I thought I'd throw that out there, you know. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Well, I have not watched Hocus Pocus 2 yet, so. <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's talk about the news, man. All right. Uh, I got a handful of, uh, quick ones. We'll cover those real quick. Um, first off, let's hit, yeah, let's hit Marvel real quick. Um, Mahershala Ali is reportedly very frustrated with the MCU Blade production. Um, 
he Jeff Schneider, a noted in, industry insider, recently tweeted that he'd been told that the current Blade script is roughly 90 pages and features exactly two lackluster action sequences. But Herschel Ali said to be very frustrated with the process. This kind of is a rumor, and it's and the way I read that, I'm just like, I don't know if that's 100% true. Um, the other part about it is I read an article earlier that the whole Blade script is being like completely rewritten right now. Um, but I don't know what that means, and there's not a lot of information about it. So mm. before everyone freaks out about Mahershala Ali being very frustrated, I don't know the tr- level of truth to this. Um, so... Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up. Blade still is moving forward, so nobody freak out. They're not going to, like, take that away. Um, <laughs> it's an internet rumor, so it's either spot on or it's not real at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so take that as you will. So. Yeah. Um, Marvel shakes up Armor Wars instead of a show. Uh, looks like it's being so it's being turned into a movie. Uh, Marvel Studios has shaked up its Armor, War, Armor Wars project, and now it... Um, and now what was have been a series for Disney Plus will be redeveloped as a feature film. Sources say the studio is confirmed in getting the story told the right way. And in that process, realized that the feature was better suited for the project. Don Cheadle is still reprising his role as War Machine. Um, so, dude, I'm down for an Armor Wars movie. I was down for an Armor Wars show. But this might be an issue of... Uh, this might be an issue of budget and wanting to yeah. do big because technically Don Cheadle is the current Iron Man, if you will. Nice. Not yeah, not that's, Iron I Man, not Iron thing, Man like he's replacing Tony Stark. He's the only guy in an Iron Man like suit, you know. Uh, <laughs> so they might want to be doing it as big as possible. So like, let's go big budget. Let's you know really blow stuff up, you know that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, other Marvel news: um, there is a rumor out there right now that. They are in talks to have Harrison Ford replace um, William Hurt as General Thunderbolt Ross. Um, Okay. I really don't know how I feel about this. And like I said, it's a rumor. So take it with a grain of salt, if you will. Um, If you remember, uh, General Ross was played by um, Sam Elliott in The Hulk the Eric Bana Hulk, and then it was played by William Hurt and Edward Norton Hulk, which William Hurt then can continue to play the role in Avengers. And now, well, he's not alive anymore. So I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing, unless they're trying to do Red Hulk and they need an actor. Um, yeah, it's like, it's like, I don't know if it's a tasteful solution. Um, it's one of those things like it, Harrison Ford playing Thunderbolt Ross, that sounds awesome. But then you have to think, like, is this the most tasteful thing to do yeah. in the situation they're in? You know, so it's kind of a catch-22, probably. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, all right, Marvel um, released a trailer for Black Panther 2, man. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, it looks epic. It looks like it's a really grand scale. It looks cool. You get to see a lot more of uh, the Submariner than I expected. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. I am stoked that he actually has the uh, the the wings on his feet. I didn't expect them to actually do that. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm um, pretty satisfied, you know. Again, with you, I'm satisfied. I think it looks great. Um, it looks epic. It looks big. Um, 
the Submariner costume as a whole, I'm not sure if I dig it, but I'm not opposed to it. So uh, let's see it all in action. I'm really curious to see the underwater stuff in action in general because yeah. because we got Aquaman. Um, and I know Aqu- the, the city in Aquaman, like, if it is, it's Atlantis, right? Yeah, it's Atlantis. I literally was like... Are they both like literally thinking Submariner and Aquaman? Are they both Atlantis? <laughs> yeah, uh, two different companies, <laughs> but are they two different po- comic companies? But are they both Atlantis? Um, I don't know because we saw Aquaman and because that looks very futuristic in terms of how Atlantis looks. I don't know if that's how Atlantis is going to be in the mar- in the MCU, but I'm just curious to see how the underwater stuff works. The yeah, other absolutely. Spot, the other thing I spotted in the trailer is the first glimpse at Ironheart. Um. Blink if you miss it, but Ironheart's in the trailer, and he had a first quick shot of it. Um, I thought that was really cool to see it. Um, and then it's, in my opinion, pretty clear that it's a female Black Panther, but yeah, see. <laughs> um, and I <laughs> and I had the guess, and I called it if it's right because I'm like it's gonna be Shirari, but we'll see what happens when they finally take the mask off. So. Uh, yeah, which which I'm OK with. I feel yeah. like I've been seeing complaints online about this, but I actually thought everybody was a fan of her as a character. And I mean, the suit looked really cool in this trailer and stuff. So I don't I don't have a lot to take away that's negative from this one. I'm kind of with you where like uh, the Submariner, like it's not that I don't like his look, but I feel like he could be a little bit more unique looking in certain ways. But it's kind of. I don't know. There's the balance between crazy comic book costumes and uh, realism. And it's, you know, there's there's probably a million different concept art yeah. versions of his costume. And that's just the one they landed on. So I wasn't in the room with them. I don't really have a say. But that's like the only thing that for <laughs> me, say. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the only thing for me that I feel like I could comment negatively on is like, I don't know if I'm sold on his look yet. But yeah. he did have those wings on his feet, and that still is way more than I thought we were going to get with this character. So <laughs> I'm really happy with that. Right. Um, all right. <sighs> moving along. Um, Planet of the Apes. The new title has been revealed for the next Planet of the Apes film, and it's going to be called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, okay. When you When I heard this title, I really, like something got real excited in me because if you go back to the first new planet of the apes, the first one, the first Andy circus planet of the apes or the first Matt Reeves one, if you will. Yeah. Um, it's all started with the, you know, um, was it rise of the planet of the apes? Was that the first one or no, I honestly think it might've been rise. Was it rise? I can't, I can't remember, man. I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look that up. Um, but the first one, it starts with the one smart ape and then it kind of like over the course of the three movies it builds. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and the apes get smarter and they start to take over and all that stuff. And now we're in the kingdom of planet of the apes. At one, at some point I'm expecting a spaceship to crash land. And right. you're back and you're back at the original film. And I wonder if that was the design the whole time. You know what I mean? Like that just sounds fantastic. I, I think it is. Um, and that because, got me that got me excited when I saw this title. So I think it is because 
as far as I know, and I might be missing details, but as far as I know, the new Planet of the Apes movies don't contradict the original ones at all. But no. also the titles, the way they're titling them is still in line with the original series because you had like Planet of the Apes and then you had Beneath the Planet of the Apes and everything was Word and then Planet of the Apes. And it feels like they're still going with that same title template for these new movies. So to me, it still feels like it's all cohesively part of the same series, which is really awesome, in my opinion. Yeah, agreed. So we'll see. I'm excited for it. Let's check it out. I'm. It makes me... I haven't watched... Those movies kind of blur together for me because I've only seen yeah. them, like the one time, but it makes yeah, me same. kind of want to just rewatch. They're so good, but they do. They are lengthy. So. <laughs> we'll see. I Absolutely. Doubt I doubt I'll have time to do rewatch, but I kind of want to. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, Trick or Treat is getting a sequel. Well, oh yes, I th- I did hear about this. Yeah. Okay. That's I was I was waiting crazy. for you to be yeah. more excited. That's why I paused. <laughs> Look, we both like this movie, but I know you like it way more than I do. Yeah. Uh, There's not much to it. It's just it's the announcement that it got the green light. So um, they just said it's in very active development. Um, Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's just the it shows the power of like, like, yes, if you can make a ton of money at the back box office, that's awesome. But this is a cult classic film and it shows the power of like a cult fan base and what kind of things that can happen with that, you know? So I think it's yeah. awesome. All right. So here's the story that made me the most happy this week. Um, I'm a big fan of the television show community. Um, they ran for six seasons and what started as a joke in season two, where they would say <laughs> six seasons in a movie um, and then turned into a hashtag campaign by fans is now coming to fruition. Um, more than seven years after um, the former NBC comedy wrapped its run with the sixth and final season um, on Yahoo, cult favorite comedy community is officially getting its long-awaited movie. Uh, six of Community's nine central stars will return for the movie, uh, including Joe McHale, Danny Pudi, Allison Brie, Gillian Jacobs, Jim Rash, and Ken Jeong. Um, I'm, that just made me really happy seeing this nice um just because i love that show if you've never watched community it's one of the smartest comedies out there it's on netflix watch it it's so well done um so yeah six seasons in a movie we're gonna get it it's going to be on peacock so that's cool if you have comcast you have access to peacock so everyone should watch it um awesome yeah all right and then the story that baffles me completely (laughs) um and, you know, when when Broadway decided to do Spider-Man the musical and then we heard about all, all the deaths and injuries and all that stuff. And then, you know, I have nothing against musicals, but one of my biggest frustrations with Broadway is. They're taking movies that are very well known and turning them into musicals like I feel like there's you know, we complain about Hollywood having a lack of originality and then we find out Broadway's doing like. Rocky the musical and you're like what seriously yeah that, that's what goes through my mind when I hear some of this stuff so here is a what seriously uh Danny Boyle is directing Matrix the musical oh man which makes me go what seriously um <laughs> but it, it makes me think about um Spider-Man the musical and how someone is clearly getting injured making this movie um but yeah, Matrix the musical, it's coming. 
So get ready. <laughs> so you could take the story of the Matrix on paper and make a musical out of it. And you could have all the music be like really electronic and stuff. And you could, yeah, you could make a good musical out of that story, but I don't think you can make a musical about that, like based off that specific movie without massively, massively changing the vibe of what the movie is in the first place. I know. And it's really like, it seems this just seems like blasphemy in a lot of ways. Like I could be proven wrong and I hope I am, but that is so well weird, you the, know. <laughs> the current working title is called Free Your Mind. Uh, okay, so we all know one of the songs that's gonna be in it at least. <laughs> <laughs> there is that, I guess. Um, oh man. Yeah. Anyway, with that being said, let's talk about one more trailer real quick and then talk about our list. Did you watch the trailer for Last of Us? Yes, yeah. Yes. This looks awesome. Yeah, it looks the great. The HBO show Last of Us. This looks so good. Um, and I'm detached enough mentally from Walking Dead right now because I fell off the wagon a long time ago. Um, so I don't really know what's going on in Walking Dead anymore, but I'm so detached from, like, the idea of it. I'm totally down for a show like this. Very excited. It looks great. That trailer looks awesome. I don't know. What are your thoughts, dude? I'm kind of the same way. Like, I think um, I think I'm just ready for another survival zombie type horror show to be out there. So this looks awesome. Um it is like I, I do love The Walking Dead. I'm a little bit behind on it. I still need to catch up. But it is kind of like I feel like this might come in and uh, fill the void of that. And it looks it looks really epic. It looks like cinematography wise. There's a lot of really cool shots. It looks like the scope and it's probably a budgetary thing like they're able to like there's the part where there's like two dilapidated skyscrapers kind of leaning against each other or something like that, if I'm remembering it correctly. And it it just feels like they have there's a really big scope that they have for the show and they're really able to capture some really epic concepts as far as just how it's shot. So I think it looks awesome. I haven't really played the game. Um, I've seen it played. I actually thought it looked super brutal but uh i think that's probably good because it's probably gonna make for a good show <laughs> with that in mind yeah, so characters look great so i can't wait pedro pascal and then i forget the little girl's name um what i did find out is uh ashley johnson who um is the voice of the little girl um who won like a couple like a animation award for voice acting for the girl um and whatnot she is going she got a cameo role in the show um oh nice so if you know who ashley johnson is you'll probably catch her and be like hey there's the cameo um but yeah cool i'm excited i can't wait um absolutely but yeah so everyone check out last of us because i think it's probably going to be like when game of thrones ends it's going to be that's going to be the next big show i can't i can't wait to watch it um <laughs> all right uh you want to talk about tonight's list yeah, let's go for it, man. All right, it's list time, so let's roll the thing. And now for the top five. 
All right, Peter. So this week was my list. I haven't picked a year in a while, and I thought it'd be fun to do this. This is a year that's been sitting in my back pocket for a long time. This is one of those things that's been nice. sitting there since uh, the inception of our podcast that I wrote down 1994, a long, 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 long time ago. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so um, I'm kind of curious to see how this shapes out. This is a monster year. Like, this is a year where, like, every movie is amazing. Um, some of the movies yeah. we've talked about before, so I feel like some of those could be quick reviews, so we'll see how this plays out. Um, I do have two honorable mentions. Do you find this difficult to do? What's your thoughts on this? Like, I found it difficult because this was a monster year. Like, there is some yeah, really... There is huge, huge blockbusters, like D2, Mighty Ducks, Car 54, Where Are You, <laughs> Cabin Boy... <laughs> Um, Aladdin, Aladdin 2, Land Before Time 2, um, the first live-action Jungle Book is in here, um, Iron Will, It Could Happen to You, um, The Miracle on 34th Street remake, Maverick, um, you know, big, big stuff, like The Shadow, <laughs> you know, like this was a huge year for things. I'm kidding. I always, if you if you don't know the movies, I when I do that, I'm just picking random stuff that I know was not big that year. <laughs> there's whenever you do that, there's always like half of them that I'm actually quite fond of. But uh, I know no, this actually is a year where there was some like huge, huge movies, and some of them were like game changer movies. So it was really hard to when it came down to it to actually put like pick five of those movies. It was so hard. And I actually noticed something that happened with my list. And I don't know if I made the right choice, but I <laughs> found there was a, there's a battle, like an internal battle I had where it's like, do I go for these sort of like best picture nominee, like amazing movies for my list? Or do I go for the dumb, like comedy movies that I've watched a million times? Cause this year has both of those categories and spades. And at the end of the day, I think I have the dumbest list <laughs> from this year possible because a lot of my picks are the really dumb movies that I've just watched so many times that they had to make my list. And I'm kind of hoping, Drew, that you have some of those best picture nominees and some of those game changers on your list because it would make a really... It would make for a really balanced episode. <laughs> so hopefully this is balanced. Um, nice. The problem is, is when I when I was doing a list and I was like, PCU came out this year. I love PCU. You know? Yeah. Like, well, so. there's a couple a couple of my movies where it's like because of how many times I've rewatched it, it had to make my list because it's like without a doubt one of, like one of my favorite movies from that year. But at the same time, when you're up against like. Forrest Gump or Pulp Fiction or Shawshank Redemption. It's hard to like go with some of these like dumber comedies, even though, you know, man, I've rewatched that a hundred times. Like it has to make my list. And it was yeah. a really, it was a really hard thing to put together. And sorry if I spoiled some of your upcoming picks, but I thought it was really hilarious when I was putting this together. So yeah, it's all good. Like I said, some of these we've talked about, so we'll see how this lays out. I do have two honorable mentions. What about you? I do as well. Okay. Um, go ahead. You get first pick, dude. It's my, uh, my list. So, okay. So super random movie drew. I don't know if you've seen this one, but I went with the movie oh. brain. Oh, sorry. What? Before, you, before you go, um, I've watched 111 of the movies that came out in 20, 1994. 
Um, I totally forgot to do a count. It's this okay. Week, so I, I might realize, I might update you next week. <laughs> I just realized I didn't give my count. So 111 movies I saw for the year of 1994, and the best picture this year was Forrest Gump. So that's all. Nice. I always do okay. that. Okay. So go ahead. What's your first one? Uh, yeah. The first one I went with is the movie Brain Scan. Are you familiar with this at all? Yes, I am. Oh, have you seen this? Yes, I have. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> so. I've seen 111 so, movies this year. <laughs> awesome. So this movie is uh, it stars Edward Furlong from uh, Terminator 2 fame. You know, he was the kid from Terminator 2. And I think this movie was kind of he was still riding that Terminator 2 high and doing a lot of random movies. And uh, this movie is about a video game that uh, you can play. I think it actually might be a computer game. It's been a while since I've watched this, but it's a computer game that you play and you it, you basically play as a slasher character, like you go around and you murder people in this game. Mm-hmm. This is like a really random 90s horror movie, if you can't tell. But basically, and I can't remember if it was like his specific copy of the game or if it was all the games. But basically, he realized that while he was playing this game, he was actually murdering people in real life. And uh, the way the movie plays out, it's like it's kind of silly. It's kind of dumb fun, but it's also like really entertaining and there's also like this character i can't remember his name but it's almost like this there's like this spirit like ghost sort of character who visits him who kind of has the look of like this weird like 90s punk rock crypt keeper almost or something like that who kind of has this like horror host level presence of him and i think that's like pretty cool but uh it's just kind of like a really fun I want to say like almost forgotten horror film. Like it's not the best picture ever, but it's one of those things that you'll definitely be entertained by. And you'll definitely like, uh, you will definitely, um, uh, you'll losing. Drew, are you still there? Sorry. I'm still here. No, I just, I thought you were losing your train of thought. (laughs) I I, I am because my phone's making weird noises. Oh, Oh, sorry. I got a friend who's trying to call me. So sorry for peeling back the fourth wall there. But no, this movie's like something you'll definitely be entertained by. And it's come on, man. (laughs) It'll definitely hold your attention and stuff too. So sorry about that randomness right there. Mm -hmm. It's all good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. All right. So brain. I don't know if you have any comments on that. I was actually kind of surprised you you had watched this one. Yeah. No. This is this is the thing where I realized it's really funny. I realized how much I like movies. And how, yeah. many, like, just, I just love the art form, and it's just, you just watch them. And, like, yeah, people, in the general, people like movies, right? But it's like, I would rather watch a movie than basically do almost anything else. So it's like, what's the next movie? What's the next thing we're going to watch? You know, like, that goes through my brain constantly. Um, all right, so my first honorable mention tonight um, is Stargate. Um, I feel like this should be higher on my list, but this was a big, massive year, so... Um, I've talked about my love of Stargate before this spawned a television show that I fell in love with big time. So this is kind of like the, the beginning of that franchise. I just, I really liked the Egyptology and all that stuff. And it's, I just, this was a, this was a movie that really grabbed my imagination. That's why I like it so much. Um, and then beyond with the television show and whatnot, but, um, yeah, so Stargate, I don't have much more to say on it cause I've talked about it in the past. Um, but yeah, everyone should check it out. So. This is a great movie. It's a great sci-fi classic. And it's one of those ones like it's 
really familiar, but it's also fun to intro. It's like super fun to introduce to new people as well. So yeah, this it, is an yeah. awesome call. Yeah. Anyway, what do you got? Uh, the, my next pick is a movie we've talked about a decent amount on the podcast. I feel, and that is uh, the Crow, which I didn't uh, realize the Crow came out this year, but. This, I think, when it comes down to it, this is one of the best comic book adaptations. Um, it's one of those movies that I feel like it does feel timeless, but it also feels very 1994 in a lot of really cool ways. And uh, I feel like I couldn't really do this movie justice, but I think it's like a really good story. It's got a really like the aesthetics of this movie are really awesome, too, and they really live on. and. Uh, I think it's just a cultural touchstone. Like when this movie came out, like I feel like it was like everybody's favorite movie for a minute. And it kind of, I think because of what happened with like Brandon Lee on set and stuff, it kind of has this uh, larger than life presence to it. So I don't sure. know if you have any thoughts on the crow drew. I know we've talked about this movie a bit I've before at least a really so. long time, but this is one of those first superhero movies if you will this is like one of those first comic book things that hit yeah and uh it's really really good it also is that movie that goes down in infamy because of brandon lee's death um on set um and it's a lot of the gun laws and stuff like that in terms of like prop mechanics and stuff and now with the alec baldwin thing like (laughs) i didn't know if you were gonna bring that up (laughs) well it's just when the Alec Baldwin thing happened, it's like, I feel like everyone like, oh, let's talk about the Brandon Lee thing again, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I haven't seen the crow in a while. Um, I don't know. Like that's the keep, it keeps rumoring in terms of it coming back. And I don't know if I want it to come back. Like just the first one was so good, you know? So absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right. So my next honorable mention is the movie radio land murders. Have you ever seen this? Do you know what this is? I've heard a little bit about it. I want to say somebody told me if you're really into like Hollywood history, that this is a great movie to go to, but I might be wrong there. Um, Well, so this, this movie comes from um, Lucasfilm actually. Um, Nice. And it's one of those, it's a, it's a golden gem that kind of sits there that you don't think about. Um, it's shot like it's a murder mystery movie, but it's shot almost like a stage play. Um, it takes place back in the day when people would go to a radio station as an audience and li- like on a radio, you could turn on the radio and instead of like talk radio, they would do like mysteries and radio dramas. Right. Yep. So ultimately what's happening in this movie is everyone's going to the radio station because they're going to watch, they're going to watch a live uh, radio drama. So if you're listening at home, you can listen at home. If you're live in the audience, you get to watch the actors on stage perform the radio drama. Well, the movie is like half of everything that's going on on stage and the audience and the radio drama and then the rest of it's behind the scenes and them like running the show. But then someone gets murdered in the studio <laughs> and it becomes this comedy of errors trying to solve the murder Jeez. while all this yeah. stuff is going on. And it's it's a really, really fun movie. The script is gorgeous. Um, it's 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 kind of like when you go see a stage play, like when you go see a stage play and you watch and you see the comedy and how it's all like very <laughs> 
intricately timed and intricately like put together and um this leads to this and that leads to that and the mystery falls into place and stuff that's what it feels like it's such a fun movie and it's one of those golden gems that like people forget about all the time um yeah so if you nice. get a chance if there's a way of watching it check this movie out i really really recommend it so awesome <laughs> anyway uh first actual pick of the night what do we got yeah, so this gets into my silly comedy picks that I picked over movies that are objectively much better. <laughs> but uh, my first pick is actually Airheads, <laughs> which is the comedy movie starring Steve Buscemi, Brendan Fraser, and Adam Sandler as a uh, heavy metal band that takes a radio station hostage in order to get signed by a major record label. And uh, this movie has... Uh, I think it's hilarious. I think it has entertainment value through the roof. It's one of those kind of like a previous pick. Um, I can't remember which one I, I said this about, but it kind of has that good balance of like it's familiar to most people you talk to, but there's still a good chunk of people who don't know this movie. So it's like that perfect balance of like showing it to a group of friends and half of the people know it and love it. And the other half of the people are experiencing it for the first time. But I just think this is really this movie is really fun. And this goes back to one of those like I've watched this movie so many times it had to make my list, even though, like I said, there's objectively better movies that I could pick. <laughs> and that's kind of the theme for my entire list this time. So um, this there is this movie is hilarious in all the best ways. And you find yourself rooting for the guys and they just want their song played on the radio. That's that's the whole point. Yeah. of the movie. But it's the silliest, most ridiculous stuff. And you got the DJ, the radio DJ is like, like, dude, you're, you're going to be big just because of this. But like, what are your demands? And he's like, you guys got to go for bigger. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> it's like they're the biggest morons trying to get their song on the radio and they just do it they do it in the most ridiculous way and it just gets weirder and weirder. It's, it's such a fun <laughs> movie. It really is. Absolutely. Uh, what's the name of their band? Uh, the Lone Rangers. Thank you. The Lone Rangers. <laughs> Cause you can't pluralize Lone Ranger. You can't. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So airheads. Um, all right. So my first pick of the night, surprise, surprise. I know it's my back in my number five slot, but that's Forrest Gump. Awesome. I, I have nothing against this movie and that it doesn't it, just because it's number five doesn't mean anything. It's the best picture of the year. It's a wonderful, wonderful movie. Um, but as I go, I think you're going to see my list evolve. Um, and I got some dumb picks in here, too, to be completely honest. But when you think about like other movies that I'm going to talk about, uh, Forrest Gump. Yeah, it's such a wonderful movie. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, I love it. I'll watch it when it's on. I'll always stop. and like, oh, Forrest Gump's on. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I, there's other there's another movie that came out this year that really, in my opinion, should have been Best Picture. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Forrest Gump's great. We've talked about it so much and it's such yeah. a all encompassing, like historic movie. It's hard to uh, deny the uh, presence that it has. So, yeah. All right, man. What uh, is your next one? So, yeah, my number four pick uh, this week is The Mask. <laughs> this is another one that, like, I know there was better movies, but <laughs> you don't understand how many times I've watched this movie. And this is one of those things that, like, 
I still rewatch to this day, like a lot, like way more than I should. But it's like, I think it's hilarious. I love these sort of hybrid film aspects to it. The all the nods to classic Looney Tunes and Tex Avery, Avery, as well as just like a lot of the uh, classic movie references. And like this movie is hilarious. I just I don't know what to say. I've just it's one of those things is one of my favorite movies. I've watched it so many times, so I, I just it had to make my list. So, yeah, um, the mask. My only thing against the mask is I've seen it so many times. I don't find it funny anymore. <laughs> and um, I don't find it funny anymore. And I've I just know it too well. Like I just the lines. I know the line so well, I could probably still quote the movie along with it or I know the next line before it's coming just because I've seen it so many times. However, yeah. this movie did give us Cameron Diaz and when she that the, the bit where she walks into the bank. Never forget that moment. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's all. Absolutely. Uh, that's all on that. Um, all right. So my next pick of the night is a movie called Blown Away. Have you ever seen this? Jeff Bridges, Tommy Lee Jones. I've definitely seen parts. All right. But this, this is one is, of those ones that I was definitely aware of, but I don't know if I've watched the full way through, but keep going. This is a movie about a guy who bomb squad, uh, Boston bomb squad. Um, he comes from a military background and had a tour in Ireland, or he originally was from Ireland, uh, Irish military, whatever. He works in the United States as a bomb tech. Um, for the police department, an old military rival comes and starts setting off bombs in the city. And it's all a big plot to get back at the bomb squad guy. Um, like it's a, it's a rivalry thing. Um, so the guy is setting these bombs and these contraptions. And then the other guy, so Tommy Lee Jones plays the bad guy. He's setting these bombs and contraptions and Jeff Bridges is, is the bomb tech trying to, um, dismantle the traps or explosives or whatever before he hurts anyone else. The movie's gripping in a way that the seeing what you can make a bomb out of and how simple it is is frightening, but there are <laughs> there are clever traps in this. Like there's the one where the girl there's a bomb in a computer at the beginning of the movie where the girl um not not the main bomber of the movie, but the girl is like stuck typing on a computer and then she stops typing the bomb goes off so they have to like come in and like this and like dismantle the bomb before and she's like sweating and trying and it's basically a disgruntled uh ex-boyfriend has rigged her up to this so she can't stop typing and she basically has to type i love you over and over and over and over again um Jeez. and it's it is n the movie but the other thing about the movie is the way the cameras the camera work is is like there'll be a they'll be working on a bomb and there'll be a change of a camera angle and you think the bomb went off or <laughs> like, that's like, awesome. Like there's a bomb somewhere in the house and the woman is like flipping stuff on. She goes to flip on the light and you're like, don't touch that. Like <laughs> you, You're like, don't do that. She goes to turn on the oven. You're like, no, 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 no. And the oven just turns on normally. Cause you don't know where the bomb is, <laughs> you know? Um, it's, that's awesome. It's, it's gripping and it's an intense, thriller um it's really really it's a really great thriller film so check this movie out it's called blown away jeff bridges tommy lee jones so yeah awesome what do you got next one 
Yeah, so my next pick, um, going with the uh, Jim Carrey train, I actually went with uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Um, and this is kind of, I know Ace Ventura was in a couple movies before this, but I feel like this is really like the movie that started it all as far as his like rise to becoming like a household name and like that big superstar that we all know and love. And I think, um, I don't know, Ace Ventura, it really holds up for me like I think it's hilarious still. I know there's certain parts that didn't age super well, but I think it's like, it definitely feels like just that good low budget comedy from the nineties. That's still just like super mainstream, but still quirky enough. Like, I mean, like you have the band cannibal corpse has a uh, cameo in this film. Like it has some quirky moments (laughs) you know, and that's undeniable. So I just, I love this movie. This is one that I'm always down to watch. We've talked about it before. I don't really know what else to say unless you want to comment on it, Drew. But uh, no, great film. <laughs> um, Ace Ventura. I love this movie. This is one, un- unlike The Mask, I could quote straight through this movie. But I think this movie's funny every time I watch it. Yeah. Um, this is a gold gem. Um, this, I do get irritated that there, there's a couple scenes in the movie that are constantly being edited out for content. And I honestly don't know why. Um, the, dolphin, the dolphin trainer scene, anytime it's being aired anywhere, the dolphin trainer scene is cut from the film. Um, even if you, <laughs> and I, and the movie's streaming on YouTube right now. And I watched it on YouTube thinking to myself, someone put the full cut on YouTube. Thank God. Nope. The dolphin trainer scene's missing from that too. Um, Weird. It's weird, and I can't, and yeah, it's Jim Carrey doing an impression, but he's also a comedian, so maybe it's because of the imp- the ethnic impression that he's doing, someone found offensive, and that's why it got cut, but that's the only thing that can th- I can think of, which makes me go, stop being so sensitive and just let the comedy happen, because it's not, he wasn't making fun of anybody, he was, it was, what was going on in the scene, it's not, it, there was nothing offensive, in my opinion, in that thing, but... <laughs> That wasn't targeted to offend me, I guess. So, um, yeah. So the whole movie is like Ace Ventura looking like a complete jackass, but for some reason, like as outlandish and ridiculous that he acts, it's always the people acting completely normal who look like the idiots. And I feel like that's kind of a, I don't know if that's a genius on uh, Jim Carrey's part or just the genius of the character in general. But uh, no, it's it's just so hilarious. So, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, my next one is Leon the Professional. Nice. <laughs> um, this movie, holy cow. This movie should have been a front runner for Best Picture. It really should have. Um, this is also, Natalie Portman also should have, this is the movie that gave us Natalie Portman. Mm-hmm. This movie should have put Natalie Portman in the Best Actress category. It really should have, or at least Supporting Actress. She's wonderful in this movie, and she's like, what? 10 um 10 11 years old she's not yeah. very old she's really young but she is just phenomenal in this film um and this is basically about a hitman who basically befriends this little girl and takes her in and kind of acts as sort of a surrogate parent in a way um gary oldman plays the villain um he's just a psycho nutbag <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a psycho nutbag in the most perfect way because it just lends to like eventually the violence that in, ensues later on. Um, but no, dude, this movie is so wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I, you like this movie, right? 
Yeah. 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 Absolutely. We talked about it on our uh, assassin movie episode or however that was phrased. But yeah, this is uh, this movie is like a perfect blend between like kind of just a cool heartwarming story and then just like badass action. You know what I mean? And uh, it's also one of those things. Anytime that Gary Oldman plays a villain, you know, it's going to be awesome. So (laughs) there's that, too. So there is that. Um. But yeah, dude, just yeah, amazing. Um, all right, uh, what's your number two for the night, man? So my number two for the night is uh, I went with Speed. Actually, um, I know we've talked about Speed a lot on the podcast, but I just feel like this movie, just from a suspense level, just from a level of being a really good action movie, and I feel like I feel like it's aged well in the fact that I feel like it still has that cool factor, like. This movie, there's a lot of time has passed since this movie came out, but I still feel like it's just as cool as when it first came out. And uh, I don't really know how to elaborate on that. I just think it's a good, like, really cool action movie. And uh, like we've talked about it before, it definitely keeps you in suspense. It has a really lightning fast movie story, and uh, that's just awesome. So, uh, Drew, I know you love this movie. I don't know if you have any comments on it now. <laughs> I love this movie. I will I will comment now. Um, or as Homer Simpson would call it, I believe the movie is called The Bus That Couldn't Slow Down. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, this. All right. Here's the thing about this movie. This is a movie that I've seen hundreds of times. This is a movie I watched the way I watched Top Gun or the way I watched Star Wars. Um this movie, lightning fast speed yeah. in terms of the pacing of the film, lightning fast story moments, lightning fast, like everything, um, whether it be the car chases or the action sequences or the intensity, everything is like amplified. But it's also super tight. If you look at the script, it's a tight little bubble of like writing genius. Um, One of the reasons why I praise Die Hard so much is because the movie only takes place over the course of a couple hours and it's a gripping, intense thriller of a movie. And it's it's a tight little bubble of everything you need to tell that story. And speed is the exact same way. Everything you need is in those couple. And like, yeah, they have one event at the beginning of the movie that intros the characters. And then the next thing that happens, the rest of the movie covers only a handful of hours. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like 8 a.m. to like noon. Like that's that's the time span of the movie. Um, And it's just gripping. Um, I love this movie because they did all almost all the stunts were done practical, including the scene with the bus jumping. Um, And everyone went to the theater to see the bus jump. (laughs) You know, it was in the trailer (laughs) and you're like, they did what? I have to see this. Um, This this movie is also an Oscar winner. Um, it won almost all the technical awards. It won the score award. Um, yeah. Speed. Oh, man, is, that score. So this, amazing. The speed so score. You know? The score in the movie Speed is amazing. Uh, Mark Mancina, I believe, is the composer for that film. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, and you it, know it right, as soon as you hear the Speed theme, you know it right away. So Yeah, and not only, uh, not only that, but uh, you'll hear the Speed. You'll, hear, you'll know the song right away, but... Try listening to it and drive like down 88. (laughs) (laughs) Go drive on the highway with that going. It's awesome. I've done it. It's great. Anyway, I love this. Love, love this movie. 
and it's a it's a it's a it's a rewatch. It's also a massive recommendation for people sometimes when people are like looking for something different or original or out of the ordinary. It's like yeah. watch this movie. Don't watch the sequel by all means. Never watch the sequel, but just watch this movie. <laughs> um, just pretend there is no Speed Two. It doesn't exist because that is a pile of crap. This is a gold. This is a piece of golden joy that exists in the realm of the film industry. So. Nice. Yeah, uh, we didn't I'm match. Done for this, up, did I'm we? done blowing up speed. What? We didn't match for this one, did we? Well, I'll spoil it now. We did, but this was my number one pick for the. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, it's I, awesome. I didn't know if we matched for number the number two spot, so that's why you were going on and on about it. So I yeah, just... no, that's why I was like, I might as well talk about it now because you brought it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, it's all right. So my number one is actually speed. Um, (laughs) you're just going to hear my number two is my last pick. So (laughs) nice. Um, all right, man, go ahead. What do you got for your last pick of the evening? Oh, right. Cause we matched in a weird way. So my last pick, uh, I went with clerks. I just had to, I love, uh, Kevin Smith's movies and the Jay and silent Bob films. And this is another one. I've watched it so many times, but I'm always down to watch again. And, uh, I love, um, one thing I really love about Kevin Smith is just how his movies, it's just so much based on his dial, like how he writes dialogue, which is why I love them. You know, he a lot of his movies have a lot of people standing around and talking. But I do think that does take a talent to write something, something compelling enough that literally just has people standing around and talking. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We've talked about this movie so many times i don't even know what to say but i just had to go with uh clerks for my number one pick so yeah <laughs> i kind of expected i kind of expected you to go with clerks to be completely honest <laughs> fair enough <laughs> or at least as it made your list um, yeah we've talked about this movie a lot i love it i'm with you nice <laughs> i don't we because because i went and saw clerks three recently and we talked about it then and all that stuff we're this movie just keeps circulating through our conversations that's why i didn't feel any reason to go any farther love this movie awesome (laughs) um all right so my second to last pick of the night which should be my final pick of the night uh or let me rephrase this my final pick of the night which should be my second pick of yeah um because of what just (laughs) happened um is the shawshank redemption this was, this is what I thought was going to be your number one. That's why I thought Speed was probably your oh, number two. Well, so sorry. <laughs> the only reason Speed trumps this movie is the rewatch and the yeah. joy I get from watching Speed. The joy I get from watching Speed. Um, Shawshank Redemption, in my opinion, should have been Best Picture. Yeah. And I think the Academy agrees. The Shawshank Redemption... It's a, I mean, this is about a guy who goes to prison, wrongly accused of murder and escapes. And but the journey he goes through the self, the self, um, the self finding story that he goes through, dealing with the people, dealing with the bullies, dealing with having to live this horrible existence in a prison, dealing with the warden, the guards, you know, the guys who want to beat him up. But finding a best friend and growing and coming out stronger, coming out a changed man, you know, but is he a changed man is the question because of like the questionable things he does to escape. (laughs) Um, But this movie is wonderful in a way that this movie is still considered the like, I know they say that Citizen Kane is the greatest movie ever made, and it's a really, really big deal. I get it. I've seen Citizen Kane. 
I understand why they hold it on the pedestal. They do. <laughs> but I really do think that this movie is the greatest film ever made. Wow. By industry standards, when you look at everything that gets poured into what makes a movie a movie and what everything that they look at when it comes to script, acting, directing, producing, cinematography, lighting, sound, mix, all everything, this might be the greatest film ever made. That doesn't mean it's my favorite. I'm just saying this is probably actually the greatest film ever made. Um, and I say it Trump Citizen Kane in a heartbeat. Um but no, Shawshank Redemption, it's just absolutely amazing. It should have been Best Picture. I think everyone agrees. Um, look, Forrest Gump's a wonderful movie. But when you look at the story that was being told, I I wonder if this is the better one. I don't know. So, yeah. Interesting. And I think, um, yeah, saying this is like the best movie of all time, that's like such a bold claim. But at the same time, it's really hard to argue against so I think that really there's something to show for that. Like it is hard to argue against that. And everything you said is just spot on. So, uh, no, this is an amazing film. And, uh, just thinking back on the movie, like I love the, um, kind of how the movie ends and the whole like escape sequence at the end. The, one of the coolest parts of that is you're almost seeing the after effects of it, as opposed to what happens in real time, which usually isn't, how you see like a prison escape scene. So that's kind of really mind blowing too, especially since I think that this movie has definitely like one of the best prison escape sequences out of like any movie like ever made, you know, and it's <laughs> a lot of it. You're just seeing the after effects of how it took place, which is pretty yeah, interesting. They too, don't, you know, I love the fact that they don't show you like, He's escaped. He's gone. And then when you finally learn how he did it, you're just like, no way. You know, like, yeah, it's like that was, you know, it was building for the entire movie. You know, like, it's <laughs> so good. Anyway, absolutely. Um, because my number one got moved to a different slot, unfortunately, in a weird way. Um, <laughs> what uh, that brings us to the end of this week's list. Peter, what are we doing for next week, man? It's your pick. Yeah, so when we were talking about watching and reading, I kept one thing hidden, and I did that on purpose, because uh -huh. one, I didn't, I wasn't able to watch it a lot of it, but I did start to try to watch the Munsters uh, movie. Yep, I, I was trying to watch that last night, the Rob Zombie movie that just dropped on Netflix, and uh, I wasn't able to watch a lot of it, but it, a lot of that had to do with uh, the fact that I have a toddler running around our house and screaming and it makes us makes it hard to watch things sometimes <laughs> but sure. uh either way that got me thinking it would be fun to to do a list that was our top five movies based on tv shows so hmm. that's what I want to do next week and the thing is I really sat on a fence with this list at first because I was like are there really that many and are there really that many that are good? And then I kind of started Googling different lists and there's a lot more than you would think when it comes to you have everything from you have like all the Saturday Night Live movies. You have <laughs> movies based on classic sitcoms. You have movies based on Saturday morning cartoons. The well to pull from is a lot larger than you might realize. So I think this is going to be a really fun uh, topic to tackle. Yeah, um, agreed. And as soon as you said that, I thought of a couple right away, but I'm going to have to awesome. because I know that it's much more than um, I know it's a lot more than we think. Yep. So um, perfect. Well, 
That being said, that brings us to the end of the episode. I can't wait to discuss this uh, list next week. So do us all a favor. Um, check out our list. At, uh, check out our list. Check out our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there. Hit us up on our social media. Either way works. Um, the uh, We are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review, which we love those five stars, but uh, we understand criticism because it helps. It it basically makes the words – it helps us get better and makes the words we say <laughs> feel important. Wow, I'm stumbling over this. Um, you can You're follow good. Me, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter, what about you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at NinjaPierre, and that's where I will be spro- – Spoiling Drew's next number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> all right then. Um, everybody, uh, for the top five report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.